Just after 9 o'clock, good morning. This is Bernie Radio 103.9 FM. And coming up at 9.30 is the Sunny Melindra Show. But the inspirational hour begins now with God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. The following is sponsored by GodandOurDogs.com. And this is Bernie Radio. I'm Dr. Sarah Stewart, the owner of Cibolo Family Medicine. I started this practice in order to provide personalized care and treat patients like family. Enjoy same-day visits, no waiting, and personalized care. We have locations in Bernie and San Antonio. Join with a personal family or business plan. Visit CibeloFM.com to learn more and give us a call at 830-428-2500. We look forward to caring for you at Cibolo Family Medicine, CibeloFM.com. Discover a new perspective. God and our dogs. GodandOurDogs.com Welcome to God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. Join us online at GodandOurDogs.com. Subscribe, share, and stay. Now here's your host, Meg Greer. Welcome to God and Our Dogs. This is Meg Greer, your host. Our vision on God and Our Dogs is to rely on God the way our dogs rely on us. How does it happen? The same way our other relationships grow, spending time together, learning about one another, developing trust, and experiencing transformation. Stories shared on God and Our Dogs bring aha moments. We begin to see ourselves from God's perspective. You can find us at GodandOurDogs.com, on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at God and Our Dogs, and check out our posts at hashtag God and Our Dogs. Well, today we actually have four guests In January, I promised you theme packs, shows featuring excerpts from past God and Our Dog shows with similar themes and topics. The theme for today is training. Our guests in order of appearance are Greg Goss, owner of Ameris Construction, Curtis Bissonette, an executive with Valero, Lisa Fullerton, CEO of A Novel Idea, the Auntie Anne's and Cinnabon franchise in San Antonio, and Dennis Blocker, author of The Dogs I've Known in Two Wars, Iraq and Afghanistan. You will hear some interesting stories and insights about training today. I hope you will listen again to each podcast for additional takeaways. We begin with stories from Greg Goss today. He describes experiences with family dog Griffin. Griffin was a German wire hair pointer, which is a breed between a German short hair pointer and a a dog called a Griffon. And they have very wiry, long hair. And so they look really funny. He was his own dog. I've never seen anyone like any, any other dog like him before or since. So he was a... He was a character, for sure. Yeah. So, so you did a lot of research. Why did you choose that particular breed? We had young kids at the time, and uh, we wanted a dog that I could use to hunt with. We wanted a dog that had a lot of energy. I did, because I wanted to be able to go out in the field for you know extended periods of time. But we also wanted a good family pet. And so with the young kids, we wanted to have a dog that was a loyal dog, that was a good family dog. And so with that breed, they're a German breed. And so as a lot of German breeds are, they're very strong and they have a very strong temperament. 
they're very protective and they're also very loyal. And so that was the kind of the impetus behind why we decided that we wanted to have that particular dog. It was because they were a great family pet and he proved to be that very thing. He was a great family pet until the day he passed. So how do you blend that kind of energy into your family? So with Griffin, as with any high-strung bred, high, you know, very purebred animals that are built to work, that dog was the most athletic dog I'd ever seen. And to try to depart obedience to him when he had not been exercised was an act of futility. <laughs> we used to say, my wife, Stephanie, I used to say, you know, Griff's got crack eyes, right? He just was like wired and just going nuts. And he just, he, he was, he looked like he was going to jump out of his skin. And so we determined very early on, he was literally a puppy. I mean, he was, yeah, man, he would have been three, four or five months old. Um, but certainly when he got to a year old, what we would do is he was, he was truck, we, his truck broke. We'd, we'd put him in the back of the pickup truck. And like I said, we lived in Phoenix. So we were on the outskirts and we would very easily get out to the desert. So what we'd do, my wife and I had a routine. We'd get up before sun, sunrise. We'd go to Starbucks, grab our coffee. Griff was in the back of the truck and we'd drive out to the desert. I would get out there to the, to the desert. I'd, I'd hop out of the pickup truck when we got to the road. And uh, there's Griff standing at attention at the back of that truck waiting for me to open that tailgate and he was very obedient even at that point he would never jump out i never dropped the tailgate and he'd just jump out that we we did we trained him not to do that he would stand at attention until i physically would grab his collar and let him know he was good to get out that dog would jump out and he would take his position in the front of the truck about 15 feet ahead of us and when i got back in the truck put it in drive he would proceed to run in front of that truck and he ran and he ran and he ran. And that dog, depending on the, the actual temperature, we, we never exercised him in the heat of the summer. We, it was, if we did, it was very early in the morning when we'd have a, a decent morning. But in the, in the winter times, if the temperature was under 40 degrees, Griffin would run 20 miles an hour at a very constant pace and he would run for 10 miles at a time. Wow. And and he was so, so good at what he did. When we would encounter a fork in the road in the middle of the desert, he would stop running. He'd turn around and he would stand, sit at, he would actually sit down. He'd sit at attention and he would actually wait until I would motion, hand signal him through the window, whether he was to go right or to left, to the left. And as soon as I did that, he'd take off and we'd follow him, follow him the rest of the way. Wow, that's amazing. Dog. Yeah, he was a, he was a pretty amazing. He yeah. was a pretty amazing dog. What a talented dog Griffin was. I wonder if his talent would have been fully realized had Greg not taken time to train Griffin consistently, producing such a happy and energetic dog. If you want to hear more of Greg Goss's podcast, check it out on godinourdogs.com/listen. And his show is show number one eleven. We hear now from Curtis Bissonette. The chocolate lab chip became part of his family as a result of winning a charity auction benefiting the Boys and Girls Club. Somebody introduced this chocolate lab puppy. Oh boy. And they let Doris hold the puppy, right? Oh yeah. That was a big score for them, wasn't yes. it? Yes. And, and I'm telling you, it was one of those where once Doris held chip, that dog was coming home with us because he was perfect for me. He had the big blockhead 
He had big paws, so I knew he was going to be a big male dog, and that's actually what I wanted. I wanted a retriever, a water dog, dedicated for water dog hunting because I wanted a duck hunt as well. Uh-huh. And he was perfect, and so he ended up becoming part of the family. Oh, neat. So tell us about hunting with um, both your dogs. Uh, what stands out in your mind for those memories? Yeah, good Good question. And, and really, most of my outdoor experience was with Chip, so I'm going to focus on Chip today. Chip was one of these dogs that, even though he was large, he was a 110-pound chocolate lab, so he, wow. was, he was an incredible dog, but he was a gentle giant. You know, if you ever see a big male, some of these dogs can be have a disposition that are hard to train. Chip was much different than that, and so the bonding that I got to have with Chip and the intimacy that I got to have with him was special from the standpoint that he was willing to submit in his will to me and how I wanted to train and lead. And so a lot of what I think about, you know, from a a relationship with me and my dog and that spirituality that we have um, and that connection that we have with a dog is me as the, the master wanting to train, we study how to train and we learn how to teach but we have to spend time out in the field together to be able to build that bond and that trust with the animal. And in this case, Chip had the interest and desire to want to serve. He was a loyal companion. He always wanted to perform at his best. And to do that, we had to spend time together. So as a puppy, we began doing all the fundamental training where you have the feather on a stick and a string and you're pulling it out before he grabs it or you have the water retrieve, or you have the blind retrieve, or you have the hand signals. So this experience that we had, truly, he had to learn me and I had to learn him. And so it was special in that respect. And that's really what elevated both of us because for me to have the experience that I wanted to have in the field, I needed to have Chip. And for Chip to really have the experience that he wanted to desire, he needed to have me. And together we elevated each other. It was Mm -hmm. a bond that was special. And he was, he was uh, definitely a loyal companion and a loyal friend. Wow. I, I can just see that. Uh, it's almost like, well, there are only two of you, but it's almost like there's an orchestra playing because you've got both of you, but then you have the, the setting of nature and the, the changing, uh, like the wind might be a little bit different one day than another and the water might be a little bit different. Mm. There's so many different factors, and you do have to work together a lot in order to be able to read one another and know how to respond. Yes, we do. And when I think about Scripture, Genesis 126 comes into mind because it talks about that God created us in his likeness. And it also comes to say that God gave us dominion over creation. And when I think about that relationship that I had with Chip, and that bonding that we had, it's an experience that is special. And and as we begin to grow in our hunting relationship, you know, the strength and performance that he had was incredible. But also, it's very similar to when we think about us understanding God and our relationship with God. We have to spend time with the Lord. We have to bond with him. And he created us in his likeness, which means he made us intelligent He gave us morality. He gave us spirituality. He gave us the ability to have emotion, to love. And through all of that, it's really a bonding that we are to look to him as our master and we are to look to him as our Lord, um, just like the dog looks to us. And through that obedience, 
that we have in pursuing Jesus as our Savior and understanding who he is, we pursue that, we begin to elevate our existence and the purpose that we have because God's designed us in a very special way and he's purposeful about what he does as the divine creator just like a dog has a DNA and a genetic of chip being a retriever is a very special purpose dog Mm -hmm. but that connection doesn't break him of his will all the hunters that are listening today know that if you have a dog and you have a dog that's genetically superior because of its breeding um, genetics that dog will struggle unless he submits to the will of the master. Just like we as humans, when we think about our relationship with the Lord, we will struggle with that free will that God gave us in our unique creative intellect. But if we submit to him, we are able to elevate our existence in who God created us to be. And we truly can become um, the, the full purpose of what God created us for. And I see that in Chip. I see that in the dogs that I see around other trainers. When they are bonded together and they are in unity, the performance level out in the field and the retrieve or in the point or in the, you know, the, the ability to seek and find, that, that's really where the game gets elevated. Curtis's story brilliantly illustrates successful training is a process. The process takes time and by spending time together, they learn to trust one another. The dog's trust results in cooperation and submission, allowing the dog's purpose to be identified and fulfilled. If you'd like to hear more from Curtis Bissonette about Chip, check out godinourdogs.com forward slash listen, and his show is show number 113. Before we get to stories from Lisa Fullerton and Dennis Blocker, I'd like to tell you about our sponsor today, Cibolo Family Medicine. Cibolo Family Medicine provides quality care the same day. How convenient. I've been a patient ever since Dr. Stewart opened Cibolo Family Medicine five years ago. When Cibolo Family Medicine says personalized care, they mean it. Whether in person, by phone, text, or email, Cibolo Family Medicine gives me the answers I need when I need them. Visit CibeloFM.com or give Cibolo Family Medicine a call at 830-428-2500. Cibolo Family Medicine can help you, your family, or business. CibeloFM.com God and Our Dogs has great sponsors. Cibolo Family Medicine, Wheeler's Western Outfitters, Kendall County Abstract, The Rivers Team with Phyllis Browning, and Cibolo Creek Vet Hospital. Because of them, we get to give one of our lucky listeners a treat each month. This month, it is a $100 Amazon gift card. Go to our website, godinourdogs.com, to enter. The winner will be announced there at the end of each month. That's GodandOurDogs.com for an Amazon gift card treat. GodandOurDogs.com This is Art Humphreys, and you're listening to God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. We are back on God and Our Dogs. This is Meg Greer, your host. Our show is a theme show today about training. We are featuring stories and insights from four of our previous guests, Greg Goss, owner of Ameris Construction, Curtis Bissonette, an executive with Valero, 
Lisa Fullerton, CEO of A Novel Idea, Auntie Anne's and Cinnabon in San Antonio, and Dennis Blocker, author of The Dogs I've Known in Two Wars, Iraq and Afghanistan. And we've already heard from Greg and Curtis, so our next guest is Lisa Fullerton. Lisa's family had a number of Labrador retrievers. Her current lab is Bentley. It seems like the theme of your relationship with your dogs over time has been training. What kind of training did you engage in with your dogs through the years? You know, I like to say Bentley, our current dog, is the one that's benefited from all the training. So we went and and took our dogs and were taught what commands to use and how to engage with them so that they would listen to those commands. So we like to joke that he's kind of the mulligan and the do-over for all the all the dogs we had in the past who we didn't feel like benefited as well from our training. So like any kind of training, the more you stick with it, the more you practice it, the better the better rehearsed you are and the more natural it is. So I think the use of training is has been necessary because I believe there's nothing better than a well-trained dog. Yeah. So what kind of lessons can we learn from the benefit of training our dogs where God is concerned? You know, I think by training them to live within certain boundaries, they're better able to discern between good and bad or um, good and evil and can maneuver between those two attributes, I think, better than humans can. So Matthew 10, 16 tells us that we should be wise as serpents and harmless as doves and that boundaries are intended to improve the quality of our life, not to stifle it. And I think my dogs have taught me that God's boundaries are intended for my protection and to prevent me from engaging things that ultimately could hurt me. So when I look back at the way our dogs have transformed our lives, it's really hard not to make the connection that time spent in community with God has done the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, community, it's, it's a big deal. Relationship, community, uh, you can't expect your dog to read your mind. You need to spend time with them and you need to train with them. Same with God. We can't read God's mind unless we know who God is, right? That's exactly right. And, and spending time daily in those relationships that you want to get closer to is really the only way that you can receive, you know, relational intimacy and knowledge of that person. And I would spend the same time with my husband or my children or those people that I want to get to know better. And I think it's absolutely um, key to a healthy relationship. And the other thing that I think of, thinking about training, it's not just getting to know each other, but their willingness after they trust you to submit to the sit or the stay that you might know a little bit more than they do about the situation. Well, and by experiencing my dog's submission to my commands, it reminds me that God wants me to submit to his commands for my life as well. But to understand those commands, I have to understand his design for humankind. That's so true. It's a view. It's a contextual thing. It's it's not God just singling out, Lisa, today, this is what I want you to do. It's an overarching theme. It's not just one thing that he expects from one person and then something else from somebody else and so forth. Well, I think we should be comforted by the fact that it is the same for all of us, and I don't have to navigate the uniqueness, maybe unique to my design and how God designed me and with the attributes he's, he's allowed me to utilize. But, um, you know, all of us were made in his image. So Amago Dei says we were made in his image, and our purpose in life should be to honor that design. 
uh, and engage in a lifelong study of what that means. Lisa continued the theme introduced by Curtis. Training takes time, and the more you practice, the more natural you become. Training boundaries improves the quality of life for our dogs and for us. Training results in obedience, trust, and willingness to fulfill purpose in life. If you want to hear more from Lisa Fullerton, please check out gotinourdogs.com forward slash listen, and you can find her at show 115. Our last stories and insights about training are from Dennis Blocker, the author of The Dogs I've Known in Two Wars, Iraq and Afghanistan. Let's listen now to some of what he said about training war dogs. So once you've identified the right dogs, what kind of commands do they have to learn? Uh, All the commands, at least the dogs I've trained, have all been trained in Dutch. And people will ask, why do you train them a different command? Because we don't want anyone else countering our commands. So if I give a command to dog to, uh, never mind, I'm not going to use the word. I was going to use the Dutch word for attack, and I'm not going to do that because I don't want nobody knowing what the word for attack is in Dutch. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Thanks for not sharing that. But uh, down is uh, oft, stay is blijven, and here is here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what kind of actions are you paying attention to so the dog is signaling you? How do you know if they've found what you are hoping they're going to find? This goes back to the, another phase of training, and it's usually after the field test I had just described. And what I do next is I will take the dog out the next day, or dogs, and I'll take three Kongs, which are actually big rubber balls, and I'll put it in a field, and it could be a grassy field, uh, short grass, but tall enough to where they can't see it. They can't see the ball with their eyes. Again, we don't want them searching with their eyes. We want them searching with their nose. So I'll put a Kong down the grass, and I'll put another Kong in the grass 20 yards from the first one, And I'll put another Kong in the grass 20 yards from that. So I've got three Kongs in a straight line, uh, all separated by about 20 yards. Then I'll get downwind from those Kongs, maybe 30, 40 yards. And then I'll start working crosswind with the dog on a leash. Again, a two-inch flat collar. And I'm watching the dog. I know this dog knows the scent of the rubber from that ball or that Kong. And the wind is carrying that odor toward him. All of a sudden, I'll see the dog jerk his head up or turn his head to slightly to the left, or his tail will come up and start wiggling a little bit. Mm. These are all signs I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Once he turns and I see him going in the direction toward that Kong, I drop the leash because I don't want to, again, tug on that leash, making him think I don't want him doing this. It's a negative pop on the leash. Are these, are these signs that, he, that the dog is giving you, are they real apparent, or are they just very faint? This, this here, what I just described, will be normally... Only what the handler will recognize because the handler knows a dog so well. He's trained with the dog so long, so many hundreds of times and hundreds of hours. It's called a J&D. The acronym stands for Just Noticeable Difference. Nobody will see it, but the handler will. What fascinating insights from Dennis. Imagine working so closely with God, we could follow even the smallest signs. We recognize and discern the just, noticeable difference of his voice. After hearing these stories, I conclude training takes time, work, consistency, and intention. 
we may admire a well-trained dog who performs the tasks commanded by the handler. Looking deeper, what does the dog really have? Trust and even intimacy between the dog and the handler. They know each other so well, even the smallest changes indicates a direction or information valuable to the other. So that leads me to a thought to ponder. Yes, P-A-W-N-D-E-R. How can I consistently and intentionally work to trust God and understand him on such a deep level? I can see his signal to move or discern even the smallest signs meant just for me. Let me know what you think after pondering. Email stories at godinourdogs.com. This is Meg Greer. You have been listening to God in Our Dogs. I appreciate all of you and thank you for joining us. Listen to God in Our Dogs again on your favorite podcast site. If you have a neat story about God and your dog, send an email to stories at godinourdogs.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn on God and Our Dogs, or find our posts at hashtag God and Our Dogs. Please join me next week for God and Our Dogs for some new perspective for relying on God the way our dogs rely on us. Discover a new perspective. God and Our Dogs. God and Our Dogs.com. I'm Dr. Sarah Stewart, the owner of Cibolo Family Medicine. I started this practice in order to provide personalized care and treat patients like family. Enjoy same-day visits, no waiting, and personalized care. We have locations in Bernie and San Antonio. Join with a personal family or business plan. Visit CibeloFM.com to learn more and give us a call at 830-428-2500. We look forward to caring for you at Cibolo Family Medicine, CibeloFM.com.